Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm not Keegan. And you're listening to the Mastering Nun. Wait a second. You're not Keegan. Who are you then? I'm Paxton, your nephew. Paxton. We have a special guest host today for the Mastering Nun podcast because today we're going to learn a little bit about the Great Salt Lake. Which I just went to. Paxton just went to the Great Salt Lake. So he is here on his spring break. Keegan is very busy with his track meets and working after after the track meet. In fact, yeah, he did both today. So we have Paxton here to tell us all kinds of fun stuff about the Great Salt Lake. So first of all, where is the Great Salt Lake? The Great Salt Lake, it's uh, in northern Utah. Um, all right. So in yeah. northern Utah, is it in Salt Lake City or is it just near Salt it's, Lake City? It's very close to Salt Lake City. But so like one of the rivers runs through Salt Lake City, but it's not in Salt Lake City. Okay, so just pretty close. But I would be willing to bet that's where the city got its name, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So you said there is a river. There's actually a total of three rivers. Yeah. Do you remember the names of them? It's the Jordan, Weber, and Bear Rivers. All right, cool. And they flow into the lake. Um, but this is actually a terminal lake. Did you hear that about? Did you hear the word terminal lake to describe it? Yeah. Um, I think it means there's no outlets. Yep, exactly. It doesn't flow into the ocean. So it's a terminal lake. In fact, it is not only the largest saltwater lake in the Western Hemisphere, it's also one of the largest terminal lakes in the whole world. Yeah, it's the largest lake. Um west of the mississippi cool i mean is that just all lakes freshwater and saltwater that's combined? all lakes cool. lake superior is bigger and when you say the mississippi you mean the mississippi river yeah awesome and so we're gonna get up to present day but let's just go into the history of the great salt lake and it actually begins about fourteen thousand years ago yeah right? it started with the um bonneville lake yeah so um lake bonneville was actually we're going back even farther in time Thirty thousand yeah. years ago lake bonneville was actually a freshwater lake it was yeah and it covered twenty thousand square miles twenty thousand that's a lot of square miles. miles and contained more water than all of the great lakes combined that's a lot of water now, how many Great Lakes are there? There are five. Do you know what they are? Could you name them all? Uh, it's, it's Lake Superior. Okay. Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. Lake uh, Huron. Okay. Uh, lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Nice. Now, how do you remember that? You just say them? I, yeah. Uh... So, I remember the acronym HOMES, H-O-M-E-S, and that's the first letter of each name of the lakes and the great lakes and then where are the great lakes located the great lakes are located in the northern midwest uh, near wisconsin and michigan and they actually border both the united states and canada yes the border actually runs right through them yep awesome so i'm going to be going on a trip this summer with keegan and we're going to go all around lake superior well, that would be a fun podcast to do it on. Yeah, and there's actually um, three baseball teams in the MLB that are, uh, are going to be on that trip. So that's why we picked that location. But all five of those lakes put together, that's more uh, more water in Lake Bonneville than 
in those lakes. And at its peak, Lake Bonneville was over a thousand feet deep. And its shoreline was pretty high. It was actually more than 3,000 feet above sea level. It was almost higher than the mountains around it. Wow. And that's kind of an overflowing lake you got going right there. Yeah, it is. See, now it's surrounded by mountains now. But if it what if it spread out that big, it had to be taller than the mountains. Yeah, because it would be covering some of them. They'd be underneath the sea level, yeah. or not the sea level, the lake level. Yeah. So thirty thousand years ago, we're hanging out at Lake Bonneville, and over time, it starts to shrink. About fourteen thousand five hundred years ago, it started to shrink for a variety of reasons. Um, we have warming climate, yep. and the warmer it gets outside, yeah. it starts evaporating the water. Yep. And all the salt stays there after it evaporates. Yep. So the water receded, and we have a whole salt flat left behind that eventually became the Great Salt Lake. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So actually, it began to, it continued to fluctuate in size. Okay. Let's talk about the geography of the Great Salt Lake. So is it, we we already know it's big. It's, it's great. Yeah, right? it's 75, 75 miles long and 35 miles wide. <laughs> so nowadays, the Great Salt Lake is approximately 1,700 square miles. So 1,700 square miles sounds like a lot right now, but when you compare yeah. it to the 20,000 from Lake Vaughanville, it shows just how much it shrank. Yeah, that's a lot. And it's actually pretty shallow. Yeah, it averages a depth of around uh, 16 feet. And At- Lake Vaughanville was over 1,000 feet deep. Yeah, so, so this went way down in levels. And because it's so um, not deep, shallow, (laughs) (laughs) when more water goes into it, it spreads out a lot more because it has less, it doesn't have to go as deep. It just spreads out on top. Yep. And actually the maximum depth is only 33 feet. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel like, oh, I probably couldn't swim to the bottom of that. That's still, I mean, it's still deep. That's like an Olympic snow. That's like, if you turn the Olympic swimming pool on its side, that's how deep it is. I don't think that's 33 feet. I don't know. Olympic swimming pools are like 100 feet. Ah, whatever. (laughs) If you took a third of an Olympic swimming pool, you turn on its side. I still don't want to be diving down there without any scuba gear. Yeah. And so the lake is large, it's shallow, it's salty, and it's divided into two major arms, the north and the south arm. Yeah, so there's a railroad track that goes through the Salt Lake, and the northern part of it is smaller, and it collects, it has a higher salinity, so it grows different algae. And then the lower one, the southern one, has a lower salinity, so a different algae grows there. So the lake appears to be two different colors. And you sent me a picture of this. Yes. And you drew in the train? I drew in the train, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were being silly, like you were building a bridge across it, but it really is a train. that's exactly what it is. Cool. Well, we'll have to post that picture on Instagram to show people the two different colors in that train. He actually took this picture from the airplane once he was leaving, so you have a good view of the lake. 
when we got there, it was really snowy because of the lake effect. What's the lake effect? It's the lake makes its own weather because it's so big. So it it was snowy while the rest of Utah was pretty warm. Hmm. I thought you were going to say it was snowing because it was cold outside. Well, it's cold outside, <laughs> which makes it snow. So you mentioned the, the different salinity levels and just on average... The whole lake is approximately 27%. And the ocean is only 3% salinity. Yeah. So, so that is much saltier than the ocean. That's like 10 times saltier than the ocean. Oh, three times 10 is 27. Almost. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no, nine. Some of the upper part is uh, around oh, 30%. Because 27 is the average. Yeah. I thought you were trying to tell me three times 10 was 27. It's not. <laughs> simple math, people. All right. So the Great Salt Lake is known for its unique chemical composition. Yep. It's made up not just of salt, but of magnesium, potassium, sulfate. Those, those are the higher concentrations. Okay. And it has smaller amounts of calcium, chloride, and other minerals. Okay, so this is really good for scientific research. There's all just yeah. there's so many different aspects of this lake that make it good for scientists to look at. It also has unique geological features. Uh, we talked about the salt lakes, but it also has the wet the salt lakes. We talked about the salt flats briefly, um, but it also has the wetlands. And so the salt flats are on the western side and have a lot of yep. that white crystallized salt that extend. For probably as far as you could see, yeah, right? I, miles I saw and some miles. And then the wetlands are on the eastern side, and those have important habitats for various uh, plants, animals, um, especially the migrating birds, because birds, you know, they yeah. like to fly south for the winter, but they like to pick up those those salts and other minerals on their way down. But they don't have any food when they're flying over because no fish live in the. No fish live yeah. in that lake. That is a very interesting attribute of that lake because you know you think of lakes you think fish swimming around in them yeah but brine shrimp uh also known as sea monkeys also live in the salt lake uh, did, with brine flies did you walk out on the salt lake at all no but i got a panoramic photo of it but you didn't have any little creepy crawlies on your legs when you went out there no. any brine flies flying all over you i didn't see any but grandma said that she saw some so you know, like when you're at the beach and there's all the seagulls and like you run and they all like run away, they yeah. all fly away. It's kind of like that with the brine flies, except they're so much smaller. So they're so much, so much denser on the, on top of the ground. So you just can just keep running and they just disperse. But if you stand there for a second, creepy crawlies okay. all up and down your legs. Yep. Okay. So there are some environmental concerns about the Great Salt Lake such as pollution and habitat destruction. Did you see any habitats being destroyed while you were there? No, but I saw a lot of buildings being like built onto it. Mm, the urban sprawl. Uh, no, it was more like hotels and stuff, like resorts. That's the urban sprawl. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, uh, we talked about the sea monkeys, the brine shrimp, and we talked about the brine flies. There's all sorts of flora and fauna there at the lake because, you know, it's very diverse because they've adapted to these really odd conditions that are on the, the salt lake, the high salinity, the unique chemical composition. And so 
like I said earlier, it's this great place for people to research because these habitats are very distinct from any other habitats you would find near bodies of water in the world. Oh, another fact, because we're talking about their habitats, their sand isn't actually quartz like other beaches. It's more like waste from anim- from brine shrimp, you know, like their eggs, you know, maybe some bird droppings in there. So it smells really bad. So instead of a sand castle, you're building a bird poop castle? Pretty much. People have like harvested do not, bird poop though. Do not bury me in that. I do not want one of those beauty treatments. <laughs> um, I don't want to be. Mm, no, thank you. Um, so just going back to the brine shrimp, they are tiny crustaceans. And they have a very important role in the ecosystem because the birds like to eat them. The birds like to eat them. You told me there was no food there. They got brine shrimp. Oh, but they don't have bigger foods. Like, hawks can't live around there. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, they, it's not like a main food source. Like, they might, like, yeah. Yeah, they can get a little snack when then migrate and then migrate Margaret. past the lake. Yeah, it's just a little pizza. It's like the rest area on the side of the road. Yeah. You use the vending machine. There's no McDonald's there. There's yeah. just a little brine shrimp there's vending no, machine. There's no five-star gourmet restaurant or anything yeah. there. So then there's also, like you said, the brine fly, and they like to lay their eggs in the shallow water Yep. Um, along the shore. And then the larvae feed on the algae and other organic manner, uh, matter. And these adult flies are another source of food for these migratory birds. So birds be eaten. They're eating good. Lots of, I, I would say they probably have a high salt diet. What do you think? They probably have some <laughs> high blood pressure because of this. Um, and then going on to the plants, the plants have also adapted to the har- harsh conditions of this salt lake. And there's um, just some interesting wetland plant communities like cattails. Yep. Yeah, I saw a lot of cattails. Okay, so among the larger animals that live around there, we have antelope, coyote, badgers. It says the lake also supports a variety of fish species. It said that no fish live in it. Let's talk about salt air. Humans, well, let's back up a little bit. Because yeah, okay. uh, humans have been there for thousands of years. And so a lot, multiple Native American tribes have relied on the salt for food and have relied on the lake for food and salt. They haven't relied on the salt. For food um, like the Shoshone and the Ute tribes. Yeah, I have another fact. Oh, never mind. Okay, the Shoshone translation means bad water that's what they called the lake yeah they called it bad water oh i mean i'm not a big fan of salt so i i kind of agree with their translation yeah i don't like to drink salt water personally but the the first european explorers arrived around the early 19th century which we've talked with keegan before about those that 1800s is really just a time of discovery out west in america were they spanish or french um they were european so yes all of the above. <laughs> and the lake soon became an important site for salt production, which makes a lot of sense. So Bonneville is French, but it was Utah was in the um uh, Mexican territory, like the But I'm pretty sure Spanish if you're territory. from Mexico you're not European. Oh no, but it was in the uh, the Spanish territory, not that later became Mexico. Gotcha. All right, so today Nowadays, 
we use the Great Salt Lake and the whole area for a variety of purposes, like yes. recreation. That's what you did. Just yep. to have fun. They have boating, swimming. Again, they have fishing there, so I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and there's also the scientific research, such as geology, ecology, and biology, really can learn a lot in this area. They also harvest the salt from the lake. Okay, and that's kind of where we were headed next because the yep. human activities have had a significant impact yes. on both the lake and the ecosystem. Yes. So there's been water diversion projects like dams and canals. And, and that, trains. I don't think trains are <laughs> water diversion well, projects. No, did he, the train divided the water. Oh, okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. And so, but that has reduced the amount of water flowing into the lake. That's where I was headed with this thought. Ah, and then also that causes the lake to shrink and the salinity levels to increase. And that has a negative impact on the flora and fauna. There you go. Because because of the abundant algae and something. Halophiles. Okay. As well as the high salinity, the lake does not support fish. But it teems with brine shrimp and brine flies, which are essential nutrition for migrating birds okay well hey if wikipedia says so it must be true <laughs> i'm like this isn't wikipedia this is wildlife.utah.gov okay i'll take it i'm just wondering what those fish that were unique to them yeah cool brine shrimp are fish technically mm, well maybe that's what i was talking about earlier uh they, they have oh no the bonville cutthroat trout let's look up at yeah. the bonville cutthroat trout Okay, there we go. Fish. That looks like a fish. What the heck? It says does not support fish, yet Pond Informer says it supports fish. It's native to tributaries of the Great Salt Lake and Severi Lake. Interesting facts. Well, what? We have contradicting, contradicting information here. Maybe they don't live in the Salt Lake. Maybe they live near oh, the Salt Lake. Yeah, like like in the, the wetlands. Yeah, the wetlands or there's Lake Utah right next to it that the Jordan River goes through. I don't know. They're called Bonville, which is what the... Bonneville... Okay, Bonville oh. was like everywhere, okay? Did you see how big bon... Bonville was? Like, <laughs> It says that they are now extinct. Ah. So we were both right. But I also want to just point out, this is the state fish of Utah. The state extinct fish of Utah. You know the state fish of Hawaii? No. Mm, grandma's going to be mad at you. Turtle, I don't know. <laughs> humu nuku, humu humu nuku nuku apua'a. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I don't know that there's the state one, but I heard it on uh, Octonauts. Oh, yes. Definitely say it on Octonauts. Is Octonauts still on or did you just date yourself with that? I don't know. I think I think it's still on, like, but they don't make as many seasons. So scientists believe that the pure strains were extinct thirty years ago. Small populations have been found in nearly seventy thousand acres of different lakes and streams. Different. Yeah. So we're both right. It was eight hundred and fifty miles of streams, uh, seven seventy thousand acres of lakes. Well, I mean, that's almost Lake Bonville itself. Yeah. I, I wonder why they were all out there. <laughs> okay, so again, humans are just messing everything up. We talked about the dams and canals reducing the water flow. But in addition to the water diversion, there's also populate, population pollution, 
runoff from agricultural and industrial activities Ag. and urban development <laughs> building those hotels before we wrap up let's talk about saltaire saltaire is a uh, it's a weird story go hit me with it so there was like this there was like this hotel right um so they built this like hotel on um or resort on the great salt lake and then it burned, burned down. down and then they built it again and then it burned down and then they built it again and then it flooded and it's not open anymore so it sounds like it's kind of cursed. Yeah. I watched a whole video on this, but I lost all the information. Wow. You know how to have fun. You party hard. I'm watching videos on a, what would you in call it, a venue? In, in the visitor center. Is it like center. an entertainment venue or what kind of? Educational venue. Well, okay. Yes. The visitor <laughs> center is an educational venue. What was Saltaire is what I'm actually curious oh. about. Okay. It was, uh, it was like a recreational uh, resort where people went like swimming and there were rides there for some reason and oh. stuff like that so did you see like the ghost town what was left of it when you visited so it got destroyed two times and then they built a modern one modern one and it flooded but it's still there right so did you see it was the question yes i saw it would you like to share with everyone what you saw <laughs> i saw i don't i don't know how to explain it it was like a ah uh, what the it was like a it looks like your fancy hotel building with like tier circle circular yellow tea drops on top or something like that. Mm-hmm. It looks very fancy. It looks yeah. like it's a what is that, maybe two stories or does it tell I think that? it's I think it's two stories. Like there's like a lobby. Oh there might there might oh. be a third. There's a truck in that picture. Is there someone it's, visiting? Um it? it's just like an abandoned building that you can walk through. Oh, but you didn't walk through it? No. I I, I did not walk through it. So this says it's still open. Uh, Salter's still there. It's you okay? So it's it's, it's used as a concert okay, venue. Okay, it's not its old purpose anymore. It's not a resort. It's a concert venue. Okay, that's great because mm-hmm. then you they're still getting that use out of it. So it's not just a completely abandoned building. Yeah. However, it's just maybe not up to exactly the standards that it was before. No. Oops, that is interesting. If you if you google salt air you actually get um, a lot of beauty products <laughs> because they're using that salt yeah in the air i guess well, it's it's perfume is air right so salt air i'm not putting salt in a perfume bottle <laughs> this is what a uh, 11 year old boy thinks of beauty products apparently Yes. But here we go. We have the Saltair event lineup. So they have a concert coming up. You should have stayed and gone to it. I, oh, I should have. St- Sorry, 18 plus. You're too young. The People's Tour. Okay. Quinn. That's I'm an amphitheater. Seven Lions. I'm really not. Get Funky Festival. I'm not hey, familiar with any of these bands. Say cheat up. But the parking pass is only $10. I can go. I can go on July 25th. Okay, so you can go to Cave Town Bittersweet Days. It really looks babyish. Like, what is that? <laughs> There's a little, like, cartoon lemon. <laughs> okay, well, let's go. We have plans for this summer. Oh, July 25th. Sorry, I'm going to be at Lake Superior in July. Sorry. You have Start, to go by I'm yourself. 12 years old. You still won't be 18. All right, anything else you want to tell us about your trip? Um... Watch Titanic the musical. <laughs> I'm telling you, this boy knows how to party. <laughs> Spring break 
with the grandparents flying yeah. to Utah to see Titanic the musical. It was really good, though. Did the ship still sink? It broke in half while spinning. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's very similar to what happened. Was Leonardo DiCaprio there in the ocean? No, but <laughs> it it was spinning. It was like tilted and then it broke in half. Oh, that sounds pretty fancy. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to do another podcast about the Titanic. Yeah. But until then, I think it's time for yep. you to finish your spring break and get back home. Yep. All right. So if you want to see these pictures that Paxton took over his break, we're going to post them on Instagram at mastering.none. And as always, we appreciate all the five-star reviews on yep. um, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Love us or hate us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you next time. Yeah, bye. Bye.